What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, behave! How about uh, how about friend of the show, John? Breaking news just before we started this podcast: Stephen Vote making his way to Arizona for spring training. Tried to count him out. You tried to make him a referee. He wasn't ready. He's back, baby. Maybe he's still he's not throwing yet, but can't throw from the crouch is no. what I read. But it's always good to have him. Uh, Back in the mix. Remember when he got traded, or did he get cut, and then he signed with the Brewers? Before that devastating shoulder injury, he was raking, wasn't he? Yeah, he was playing well. <laughs> he was crushing it. Uh, uh, you can never sleep on a you know a five eleven kind of overweight guy that can just rake. Love it, love it. You know I, that no one's believed in since the Azusa Pacific days. <laughs> Fresno State passed, uh, but not Haberman and Middlecoff. We were always uh, all in on the, the voter. I texted him. He's pretty fired up. So maybe. Uh, Will he report yeah, today? Pitchers, pitchers report today, or is it just different teams report on certain days? Maybe he's getting down there a little early. I'm not sure. I don't, February 11th, we're recording this on a Monday. I, do pitchers and catchers report today? I don't I think saw so. Some, the A's did today. They did? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I think it just depends what, you know, it kind of maybe staggered throughout the week for different teams. Yeah, but. It, it usually is a little different, but still, it's early. Uh, but again, like baseball training camp or spring training is not like football training camp because you're out of there by lunch. You know, you know, you can play golf. You can you just kind of do whatever you want. You remember seeing um, Ioannis Cespedes in the in the players' parking lot with the rice cooker, with the rice with the pressure cooker, or the rice cooker. Yeah, get, they were bringing it. He like had a full industrial, you know, those low carts that you just bring in a, you just push a bunch of stuff in on. And he was just piling up with all his stuff. And one of the things was a rice cooker. That team was badass. Yeah. I mean, you got Cespedes and Donaldson, the, you know, in the peak of their powers. Yeah. I guess both of them got a little better when they left. But that was pretty sweet squad. This podcast, and thank you for all your support of it. Share it with people. And thanks for supporting our advertisers as well. Uh, both you need to take advantage of right now. Ease, ease.com. You go to ease.com, E A Z E, use the promo code HAM, and uh, get 20 bucks off 
your first delivery when you use that promo code, John, the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in this state of California. I actually just talked to uh, our girl Taylor that works for Ease on Friday because some people were DMing me that they were, you know, had been Ease users and they wanted to get something. So we're in the process of working for not just our first time users, but for our repeat users. If you were already signed up before you heard about this to get you something, obviously you got to be over 21 to use this. Uh, it has ease.com has everything from cannabis to pre-rolls to vapes, my personal favorite to edibles, to topicals, you name it. I think they just entered in the long beach in the orange County, uh, last week they had to push back Contra Costa County. I'm told it will be this week. So if you live in the city like Haberman, they've been there for a while. They are coming. Yeah. I actually heard they got a billboard also coming to the East Bay. Not really sure where expansion, expansion, expansion. Haberman wants to buy his third Porsche. So make sure you support ease.com promo code ham. Yeah. If you see the billboard, tweet us pictures of the billboard. Yes. I don't think we're on it, but still, I don't think we're fun. on it either, but that would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, would you pose with a huge blunt just to be on the, <laughs> on a billboard? Just hanging over the 80. <laughs> with, a couple pre, with a couple of pre-rolls you yes. know, in your, in your ear. I hope as, yeah, long, I would as, too. as long as it says promo code ham on it. Yeah. And it had the link. I think we, we, there'd be car there'd be car accidents. People just ordering right there. Uh, yeah, as John said, already delivery uh, in a good portion of the state. But if you're not sure or if it's not in your area yet, you go to the website, sign up, um, get registered. You know, so they verified is the better word. Twenty one or over, as John said. And then uh, if you if if you don't have it yet, it'll, they'll notify you when it is in your area. So you go to ease e a z e dot com. Twenty bucks off your first delivery. With the promo code HAM and, as you know, John, delivery is free for all orders over fifty dollars, and we all know how that easy how easy that is to do. Go to ease. That's e a z e dot com. Enjoy the moment, baby. And this podcast brought to you by. Well, I'm jumping on it right now. I, I got to do it today because I've got three orders that need to go out. Sherry's berries, berries dot com. Click on the microphone. Promo code HAM. If you're listening to this podcast on Monday, we're recording it Monday. It's going to be out Monday. You can still get this stuff delivered ASAP uh, with no additional shipping. Even if you don't get it done by Monday, the, the amount to get it in time by Thursday, Valentine's Day, is nominal. So it's worth doing. But I'm going to jump all over this on Tuesday because uh, we love berries at Sherry's Berries. Guys, yeah, dipped in milk, dark, and white chocolatey goodness. Uh, I know you and I both received our berries. We, mm -hmm. we slammed them down with... Without even flinching. No and regard top. for human life. Absolutely none. With chocolate chips, uh, some glittered sprinkles. They're always fresh. They were cold. They, they melt right in your mouth. They arrive fresh with 100% Sherry's Berries Guarantee Guy. Ships everywhere nationally. Give sweet somethings to your long-distance love, girlfriend, wife, mother, sister. Think about someone beside yourself, guys. Or send it to yourself because they're delicious. But, yeah, John, that's a, that's a very good call. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Plus, you can actually add, and it comes beautifully. We both got these uh, ready to eat and ready to put in water. The roses, you put them in the water, the strawberries you eat. Starting in $19.99, you can add the dozen red roses shipped with the berries. They come together at no extra charge. Yep, just go to berries.com, click on the microphone, enter the promo code HAM at checkout. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click the microphone, enter HAM, order today. Yep, thanks for the support of the pod. 
to our advertisers and to you. This is an ad-supported podcast, although we do live off the, the good vibes of the people. Share the podcast with the people. Share the promo codes with your neighbors, your friends. Uh, help everybody out. This is, this is people helping people, John. E-L-E. Everybody love everybody. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we are on a Monday. We actually had some breaking NFL news right when we started this podcast. We had maybe the most amazing play I've ever seen. Olympic uh, entrant. Zion Williamson, we want to talk about it. Actually, been a few NFL stories on this Monday. Kyler Murray and Kareem Hunt. Where do you want to start, Middlecoff? Your choice. Uh, I I think we could start with just the breaking news right before we hit record of Kareem Hunt signing with the Browns. Yep. You know, because I I I was a little shocked. You know, Gruden kind of like John Dorsey doesn't give a shit about character. Uh. You're, you're at a competitive disadvantage if you're not willing to sign him. We've been saying that, right, because some team was going to sign him. So, And he's he's not just a good player. I mean, he's an elite top five running back. And the Niners could definitely use him. I mean, I, I don't know if you watched their running backs last year, but one had a torn ACL. The other, who actually is pretty talented, got, got hurt, it felt like, uh, every other play. So I... You know, do they have a good enough running attack to be competitive, you know, against Chris Carson and, and Rashad Penny and Todd Gurley? And even the say what you want about the Cardinals, yeah, I know they had an all-time shitty season. They, they, who's their best player? I mean, David Johnson, you ever heard of him? So just in their division alone, the running backs are sweet. I yeah, know, I mean, man. the thing with the Raiders would be Mark Davis has spoken out against violence against women. Now, his relationship with Fred Blitnikoff, that was more extreme than what the Kareem Hunt situation is. Uh, but nonetheless, that would have been kind of an X factor with the Raiders. But you get me thinking. Tom Cable did admit to hitting his wife that's when they true. hired him. That's, that's true. I mean, it, it, he, he had, it's everybody's just on the verge of And it's not like he's got a violent past or anything. Remember when he blasted right. the one dude in the mouth? Yeah, but that was in a, that guy was on the staff, right? Uh, well, I wanted to say Chris Hansen, but that's the uh, that, that's the how to catch a predator right. guy. Matt Hansen, maybe I think it was a Cal Poly guy. Yeah, just uh, on the staff slash a leak. Remember when Mark Jackson's guy got nailed for leaving the record button on? Wasn't he kind of doing something like that for Al and Darren Cable caught him? And, yeah, I don't oof. quite remember. But I, I one two do um. Do you think more teams in the league, what number's higher? The teams in the league that were interested in Kareem Hunt or the teams that were not? But I'll just say this. The fact that the Browns signed him, meaning the guy that was the GM in Kansas City with him, makes me kind of think that – now, that, if you're his agent, you'd say, hey, let's go let's go with Dorsey. You know him. We can trust him, whatever. So signed a one-year deal, so it's just to kind of get your yeah. value back. I, I'm in, I'll tell you, honestly, I'm inclined to believe that the Browns were in the minority, not the majority. I would tend to agree. I, I I would definitely tend to agree this aggressive on February 11th. Like, what's your rush with a guy like that that is going to get suspended? Uh, I, I think the number would dramatically increase if he was sitting there after the draft. So you're like, you know you drafted a running back or you missed out in free agency and you know your position. But if you're a team, let's just say you're the Niners. And you're like, okay, McKinnon's coming back from his ACL injury. We fired everyone breathing in the training room or doctors. So our, hopefully we can keep Matt Breda's just ankle straight like Steph. That maybe we'll draft a guy or maybe someone will fall in our lap in free agency. Like, what's the rush to do it right now? Right? Because yeah. let's say this was week one. 
and he was just sitting there to be playing, wouldn't you say that number would be a lot higher than if it's the Super Bowl just ended and there's no games for the foreseeable future? Like, why, why bring the PR, the negative PR, when you just don't have to for just something that doesn't matter that much? Also, if, if he had been suspended and already served it, uh, that would increase the number of teams, right? We're sitting here. We don't know is he gonna, how many games he's going to play this year. Is he going to play this year, right? What would you guess the suspension would be? Ten. Uh, yeah, I was going to say at least. It's to me, it's got to be. It's going to be at least half of the season, right? If that's you know, I, I think you're signing him thinking it's a shorter, suspension. a shorter amount. Why? Why would you fuck with him if it's a ten game suspension for a one year deal? That seems pretty I don't crazy. Know. Just to have, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I, at first I was thinking you're at a huge competitive disadvantage, but maybe you're right. Maybe a small percentage of teams were interested until they knew more information. Well, because again, what's the rush? Because if it comes out, let's say he gets suspended for a year, you're like, well, why, why would we assign him? Because so now all you're the bad publicity for nothing. Yeah, now you've got uh, Cleveland Brown Kareem Hunt suspended, right? So if you're going over under seven and a half games, you're taking the over. Yeah, I feel like I kind of I, I. Doesn't it feel kind of a random suspension? He's never been suspended before, so now he's just going to get like ten. But again, I, I'm with you. It feels like I don't like know. That. I, that seems pretty big. You, Sixteen does not feel out of the realm of possibility, right? He's just suspended for the 2019 season. Yeah, I wouldn't. Sh- I mean, it, it it would. There is no suspension too extreme to shock me. There is a, like if he gets suspended two games, that would stun me. Even I mean, four Tom, games Tom would got, surprise Tom me. got suspended four games for fucking deflate gate, right? Yeah, you're saying a, a major cheating offense, a scandal, a major cheating scandal. <laughs> yeah, a scandal. <laughs> Think about that. Four right. games. So you're saying that 16 is, to me, feels like it's in play. Because, again, there's not really some rhyme or reason for this, right? Like when you go, there are set rules on most things. When you go on injury reserve, you're on for this long. When you go on... It actually is not called the disabled list anymore. What's it called? The injured list in baseball? You know, it was ten. It was 15 days. Then it got 10 to 10 days. Like, they were very finite numbers. With suspensions in the NFL, in baseball, you get nailed PEDs. Doesn't it kind of, like, gradually go 50, 100, you're gone? With the NFL, it's like, ah, let's go, 12. <laughs> you know? It's kind of random. I know Florio's tweeted before that there are, like, baselines. But it does feel like they don't really follow that. And they've gotten more aggressive knowing that, like, people get so angry when you kind of under-suspend a guy for what the public views as a heinous crime, which is. I mean, you can't touch a woman if if you're a guy. It's just that simple. And when it gets on video, you know, it was a kick. It's hard to compare crimes. But this was not Ray Rice. And his career went from two games to over. (laughs) This guy... I mean, he was one of the best running backs in the league for the, one of the best teams in the league last year, like in the peak of his power, like kicking ass. I'm pretty well, sure. Don't use, got, don't use that phrase. Yeah, not. Nah, yeah, you're right. I, I, we, I'd have to Google it, but I think he had 14 touchdowns at the point of suspension. Johnny's 23 years old, right? Like even for a running back, you'd say good years left. God, he is pretty young. 24 in August. So let's say worst. Let's say worst case for him, he gets suspended for a year. He comes back. He's 25 when he returns. Not ideal, but if I was going to be an optimistic, he's played NFL, two. John, he's played, legs. Yeah, he's played two years in the league. To that, to your point, he's played two seasons. 
And and I, the first season is the first season he was thirteen hundred thirty yards. I I think some teams will view this and go, God, Andy is pretty open minded, and whether this was owner driven or not to cut him, one thing was clear is the Chiefs felt like he had lied through his teeth about what happened because there were other instances that he had claimed that didn't happen that had like they just felt like he was just lying. Like I, I think Andy's. You can get in trouble as long as you're open with him. Like, he doesn't judge you whether you get arrested or have some cannabis. Not that it's – I mean, it's legal here. Uh, it's it's not – I saw a Saints player got arrested for having some weed. It's like, God, are we living in 1987 here? Guns, whatever. But it did feel like he was just full on lying to everyone. And maybe that's why Dorsey felt comfortable because he doesn't know him. He played a role in drafting him. He knows. he. You lied to my face personally, and I can appreciate that. Are you telling me that I in the same draft they got they got Mahomes and Kareem Hunt in the same draft? Yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good draft. <laughs> I God, fucking John Lynch would die for something like that. For just one. They, it, and you know what's crazy is they just casually did it. It wasn't even like, yeah, we just got Mahomes redshirted and Hunt just became bored. He lead the league in rushing his rookie year? I think he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... That's a pretty good draft, guy. I, I don't know uh, where you stand on that one, but the one thing, if you're if you're a Browns fan, your general manager has a pretty good track record of just picking players, right? Like that was just – it doesn't get much better than that, just in a vacuum football player, not talking the person, right? as a player in the third round. Yep. That's good. That's really good. How did uh, – how was uh, uh, Chinoa – Pasagnan. Is that the guy that went ahead of him? The defensive end that they took in the second round. Played 13 games this year. Four tackles. You can't hit on them all. 6'7", 290. So you understand why he went in the second round. Uh, hard to crack the lineup. They got a lot of good defensive linemen. 6'7", hmm. 290? Yeah, from Villanova. Yeah, I think he was one of the guys that went to the combine. He's just so fucking huge. <laughs> Like the, the, you get to a point where you show up and the combine is really right around the corner. You're six seven two ninety, and you're just kind of a good guy, and you have some production. You are just not lasting long on the board. I'm pretty sure the Eagles drafted a dude, a rugby player last year that had never played football, guy, and they drafted him, I think, in the seventh round. Never played a snap of football. Do you, Do you think Howie had some like rugby metrics that he thought translated? Like if you're really good at whatever things happen in rugby. And it translates to certain NFL skills. I think he said that one thing they just their offensive line coach was just adamant that he could make him a guy, and he made the team. He was on the practice. He made the roster. I don't think he ever dressed, but that's a pretty incredible athletic accomplishment. It is just in American history. <laughs> well, we'll get to the greatest accomplishment in American history from this weekend with Zion. But uh, the other piece of news is. Kyler Murray is going to be an NFL quarterback. He's all in. He's uh, uh, all his energy, all his time. It's going to be put into becoming an NFL quarterback. I I would have been if the story was that he's not an NFL quarterback. That would have stunned me. Um, I think we we'd gotten to the place where it became pretty clear. Like this is the way he's. This is the direction he's got to go. Um, he's got to return. 1.3 of the 1.5 million dollar bonus they gave him, actually 1.29. So he gets he gets 300,000 bucks and forfeits the remaining 3.16 million due March 1. 
But the A's have his rights. So uh, he could always go back to baseball. What do you think? I saw when I woke up this morning, I think the A's pitchers and catchers reported and Bob Melvin was being interviewed, you know, pretty early, like 830. I think he was meeting with reporters. Yeah. And you know, you one of the questions. You remember those mornings, John? Yeah, they're bright and early. Uh, and, you know, him, He what time do you think he gets there? Like 530? He, he's there early. And he said he was still optimistic that he was going to show up. And that Billy said the same thing, I think, this morning to Susan. But then around, I don't know, when, when did this come out? 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, somewhere around then? Were you still were you on the radio when this popped up? Uh, I was, yes. So this, I would imagine they'd kind of come to grips with this is a very, very strong possibility. I think it's a no-brainer. Because I also think, Guy, that he could always, like, let's say – in some crazy scenario, he got drafted in like the third round. He's like, fuck it, I don't want to do this. Right? He just, he hasn't even been drafted in football yet. So he can kind of see, he has some leverage in the sense like, I don't want to play for Team X. I don't want to be a Jaguar. I only want to be on the Giants or I only want to be on the Dolphins. He can kind of do, I, I would say, a little basketball style. You remember, I mean, forever, it was like, we're not giving you our medical records in bet with top players to certain teams and you kind of control and dictate where you go a little more difficult in football. Cause the team kind of has to like you when you're a quarterback. And this is not like he's some Andrew luck prospect. Cause he is five, nine. So for as much as Twitter is going to love him, there are going to be some teams that don't like him, right? Don't like him in the sense of where you'd have to take him to potentially get him. Right. But like he, he could be the first player ever taken in the first round of both the MLB and the NFL draft. But do you think he's a lock first rounder right now? You know, if I had to bet right now, I'm going to say he's a first rounder. Yes. I feel pretty good about it because it just goes back to like Johnny got drafted in the first round. It just takes one team that likes you enough or that feels like there's a chance you're going to be really good. It just takes one. I do think he couldn't waffle like he, he had to kind of make a concrete statement about football to get drafted in the first round. Like you weren't going to take him in the first round. If he's like, you know, I'm going to try both. I'm just going to kind of see where the wind takes me. You know, people be like, uh, bro, I'm dra- I'm the, I'm taking you a pick 11 to be my quarterback. So this was a good, strategic. Yeah. this is a good strategic move for the football teams to be like, okay, now when I meet you at the combine, he's all in. His statement was very strong, right? I'm yeah, the same, probably NFL the same statement the A's got from him before they drafted him. Yeah, so <laughs> I still think if you're football teams, you got to be a little – you just kind of got to question some things. And he's probably going to be the most polarizing player from just uh, not quite knowing what te- – like they're going to be polarizing players. The guy Jeff Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle from Mississippi State, had an incident in high school where he hit a girl, it was on tape. He still went to Mississippi State. A couple of my buddies that scout the SEC say he is a legit top five overall talent. Do you see the combine is not letting him go? Mm, no. And I think there's one other player, a wide receiver at Colorado State, maybe, that is also banned from the combine because he has domestic violence. But I don't know as much about the Colorado State receiver, but Jeffrey Simmons is going in the first round. But he did have this issue back in high school, and he's not going to be allowed to go to the combine. So that, that'll be a polarizing, and everything that I've heard is like since he's been at Mississippi State, he's like a team captain, high-level guy. It was just a dumb mistake he made when he was 17 years old. Where Kyler, there's going to be some polarizing conversations of just 
is it going to come out like teams are still think that he's got some love for baseball, that he could leave me if things don't go well. And it's just going to classic make people uncomfortable on social media. But I, I think those questions are fair, even with him kind of making bold statement. I don't know if it's the right word, but just making a statement. Definitive that, statement. Yeah, definitive. He's no longer kind of just, you know, playing. Do you think he knew when he went to the Super Bowl that this statement was going to happen a week later? Uh, yes. So he just wanted to do it himself? Yeah, I, I don't know why, but do you think he just decided a week ago this is what he was going to do? No. I feel like he's known forever. Why wouldn't he just go to the Super Bowl and say all this? I I don't know. I don't know. It's been weird. Like, like, if you're Dan Patrick, you're like, fuck, I've just – this is a pretty basic question. You could have easily said it. I wasn't, like, trying to shatter the news cycle here. I just asked you a question. Like, it wasn't that complicated here, Kyler. I know. I still think it was weird, and I don't think it was nothing that it was weird. But I do think it's interesting, John – Last year, we thought Baker was one of the most polarizing prospects that we'd seen in a long time. And he went one. And here we are. But he, but he, but he had been arrested. Like, some of it was his attitude sure. and stuff. Just no is question. he sure enough? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But I do think even on the pure football aspect, because there were so many quarterbacks, it was a big debate. Can you really bank on a guy this small? being a franchise quarterback. You're gonna, it's one thing when you when Russell becomes that. Well, no one drafted him to be that. But that's what you're drafting Baker to be. And now here we are a year later, and the guy that backed him up is now, as a prospect, even more polarizing than he is. Like, Baker had – now, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I expected Baker to have a completion percentage, maybe four or five percentage points better. He was just over 70. But Kyler wasn't – that far off, even though I don't think he's viewed. You're saying you're saying in college at Oklahoma, even though I don't think he's not viewed as the passer that Baker was. But the completion percentage is still, I think it's 69 percent and change. Like, if that number matters for Baker, then it matters for Kyler, and it's not that much lower than Baker's. No, I, I, I think when you look at Baker, one thing we had said, like when the season ended, if he was six four, he'd be the lock number one pick. Then it ended up playing. They just fell in love with him. He still went one at six feet tall. If Kyler Murray was, let's say, six two, let's just say that, <clears throat> there would be no question that he would be going one, right? That someone would be trading the Cardinals for the right to Kyler Murray because he's a more accurate Michael Vick. If he was six foot two, hell, six one, it wouldn't be a conversation. One of the problems, guy, is he's five foot nine and he's skinny. Russell Wilson, as a buddy of mine that went to the Wisconsin Pro Day, when it was one thing when he measured in, he was five ten. When he got on the scale, he was two twenty or two fifteen. Like he was thick. What's Kyler? One ninety, maybe. You know, skinny waist. That that does. Remember, one of the reasons Teddy Bridgewater fell wasn't because he was Teddy Two Gloves and his hands were small. Is people just thought he was small. Yeah. People thought. Remember, he just had small ankles, small waist. They're just like, I don't know if he's ever going to be thick enough. Right to and then it was kind of random. I would imagine people that didn't like him would say it wasn't random that knee injury. But I'll I'll lean on the side that it was random. But being little, it's one thing to be short. It's then another thing to not weigh much, right? Because when the Forrest Buckner or Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, these guys fall on you, they break people's bones and shoulders that are big. Like Aaron Rodgers is a probably on the smaller end of starting quarterbacks. Like we've always talked when the Rivers, when the Carson Palmers, when Peyton's, 
when Eli, these guys fucking run by you like, Jesus Christ, this guy is NBA size. Like they are six five, six six. If you when you meet a guy six six, they are huge. And these quarterbacks, you know, they're probably listed like the Carsons, the Eli's at two twenty five. They're well probably two thirty five, two forty as they've gotten in their what mid thirties. <clears throat> this guy, I, I I would guess someone texts me, they probably think that with a you know protein shakes and stuff by the combine he can get to two two bills, but. Is he going to get a run? I don't know. I'll be interested to see what he weighs. Because if he gets on a scale and he's 180, that is not a positive. That, that just no. makes you a little scared. I, the other thing, I, I am a little... Has... Remember Ka- Kaepernick, for example, was fucking massive. Massive. Yeah. I mean, huge. Yeah. He was just big. And it was just like, you know, whatever Kaepernick weighed at the Combine... I think everyone just said, God, I mean, can you imagine? This guy's going to put on muscle weight. But that was pre-vegan, obviously, once he dipped. But remember, that became a knock on Kaepernick. He just, the muscle, it's not there anymore. I saw him but recently. At least he, still looks at least pretty he big. had the frame. Yeah. I, um, he wears a tight sweater better than most people, tell you that. Who, Cap? Yeah. He doesn't wear You know the guy who wears a tight sweater the best? And I only know this because I finally, I'm late to the party, but I, I got into the last season of True Detective this weekend. Is the sun in True Detective is like that's how you wear a sweater, long sleeve. I mean, his shoulders. The guy. I don't know who that guy is, but he he's got to be. I mean, he's huge. I don't know if is, is it ringing a bell for you. You're not. You're not remembering. Not the dude from uh, Get Out. No, no. I, I didn't recognize the sun, and uh, I haven't seen him. Anyway, uh, the the thing I wonder with Kyler is like, let's say it takes you. I know you'd like for a guy to take three years to get to major league baseball. But let's say it would have taken him four. I think that's a reasonable amount of time to get to the big leagues. You might be looking at a second NFL contract by then. If things go well, right? He could be looking at his second NFL contract by the time he would have been just becoming a big leaguer. If things go well. Now I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Um, and the other thing I'm really not convinced of is, is he just going to, if he's not a quarterback, can you as an NFL team go, well, if he's not a quarterback, that's fine. We'll just make him something else. I don't, that would scare me a little bit if that's part of anybody's thought process that like at worst case scenario, we're going to have a receiver here. No, I think you're, you, if you're drafting him super high, you're drafting him to become a quarterback. And like you said, the one thing he's got going for him, I mean, really got going for him is he's not just some exceptional runner. That was a 59% passer. He was really accurate. And if you just watch him, he is a natural thrower of the football. To me, he's he's like a poor man's Michael Vick in the sense that he's just not as big as Michael. And Michael was small, but he was at least six feet even. Probably similar, just special qualities with the ball in their hands, but he's much more accurate. He's much more accurate. And I feel a little more instinctive as a player. Now, he's also, anytime you have a running capabilities, you know, you're not like, once your first or couple second options not there, you can always, and I don't ever blame you. Like, screw it. I'm, I'm off where, where, you know, Baker doesn't say that or think that cause he can't, he just, he's got to go to like his third and fourth options, which big picture you would rather have. Like if I could give you right now in a vacuum, you were the number one overall pick. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? Obviously we have a little bad on Baker in the pros, but you'd rather have Baker because what he does is just more sustainable. Now there's a chance that, Kyler Murray is 
let's say, could he have a Michael Vick career where he makes three or four Pro Bowls and he's exceptional? For sure. I would probably bet against it, but I I think as Gruden said, what was it, last couple weeks ago at the Senior Bowl, like, you do have to be, you'd be naive to not be more open-minded to smaller quarterbacks succeeding with the way offenses work, right? Because yeah. you would say this, too. It's not guaranteed, but whoever drafts Kyler would probably implement a lot of shit that he did at Oklahoma immediately, right? That would be part of your plan. Right. To give him things that he loves to do. Where when you and I were like growing up and then I, like that was not the way it worked. It was like, you're going to run our goddamn offense. You better figure it out. Get under center. That's just, that, that was just the way coaches thought. And that's maybe millennials were just a little more open-minded, but that's not really the way coaches think anymore. Now some still do, but you're not a good coach. If you think like that anymore, right? You'd be, you'd be naive and stupid too. Yeah. And also like, look, we didn't have to ch- we don't look at Russell or Drew Brees. I know we're talking about two Hall of Famers and say, well, it's a good thing the teams change the offense for those guys. Otherwise, they'd be too short to compete. Like, it's not what we say about those two guys. They did make it easy for Russ, remember, at the beginning when they ran a lot of, like, zone read with Marshawn. No doubt. But we don't look at him like he's a quarterback that gets extra help relative to the taller quarterbacks, right? I mean, it might well, be— Well, to, to me, they slowly kind of integrated it. He took a huge step, like, a couple Yeah, years but they ago. did the same thing for Colin, and Colin's tall. I'm just saying, like, you do that for a lot of guys. Yeah, you do that for anyone now. So, I, I don't know. I mean, what are the uh, – is Kyler going to be a great NFL quarterback? I don't know. Is there a chance he's better than most tall NFL – like, most guys are just tall and aren't as good as him in college. That's no. kind of my well, point. Well, so, like, I'll give you I'll give you one. If Guy Haberman was leading Team X, let's, let's say this. You were – you were Ryan Pace of the Chicago Bears. I, I, you, I fire Ryan Pace. Guy Haberman is now the GM. Let's say the Bears were drafting one overall. Would you rather have for the next five years, knowing what you know about Mitch and knowing your coach can implement all this shit, or would you rather have Kyler Murray? I would rather. I, I mean, I, I'm confident that Mitch is not the answer to winning a Super Bowl, right? Or even a, I'm not even sure I can rely on him ever. So, so you'd already like I, I think yeah, that's I go Kyler because let's not jump the shark yet and get to good play. Let's just right. go like middle of the road guy like that. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Mitch Trubisky moving forward? Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson moving forward? You'd say probably still Deshaun, right? I'd lean Deshaun there clearly, but Goff. I, you'd probably have to go with Goff, <laughs> John. You know that that's where I think we're at, like. Would you rather? Would the Vikings rather have Kirk Cousins? Now there's a money element into this, right? But because it, it's an easy one, if Andy Dalton's your quarterback or Ryan Tannehill's your quarterback, that's a no-brainer. To me, it gets, you know, could teams talk themselves into? Because you kind of restart it. Now I, I'm not saying they're getting rid of Goff because they're not, but you, you know what I'm saying. I you often hear this with coaches, right? Like if if John Harbaugh were to become available. Teams with coaches would fire their coaches. Well, now that you kind of know he's all available, would teams with quarterbacks that are kind of decent think about replacing them with this guy? Because these are the I, I've seen, it. I've been there. These fucking conversations happen with really good players, let alone kind of middle of the road players. And I think it's never been easier to trade. So you can just trade, and all these GMs are open to trading, right? Yeah. So it's like boom, if if. For example, now, Jared, that's a bad example, but, like, 
I mean, it's hard to picture Jared Goff or Deshaun Watson or any of that crew of quarterbacks getting traded, right? To me, the one would be what if Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray? Like, would they move off Josh Rosen? Yeah, if if we are to take him at his word. If he really would use that one. That, to me, is the good example. Would you rather have Kyler Murray than Josh Rosen for the next five years? And I don't know how to even answer that question. Because I don't feel like I've got any information on Josh. But would Josh... Would Kyler have gone ahead of him? Well, would Josh go ahead of Kyler in this draft? I don't think so. I don't think he would either. So maybe you would rather. Here's have the Kyler. problem, and I'm a Josh Rosen guy. So you think Kyler's going to go higher than 12? Uh, I think he's got a decent. He went 10. I, one thing when you watch Josh Rosen, and you go, super talented thrower of the ball, but he already moves like a 35 year old Eli Manning. So he can't really avoid anything. The one thing that Kyler immediately gives you, and Russell's a good example, and Deshaun Watson's a good example, is if your offensive line's not that good, who gives a shit? You can get away with it. Like, you you can't function with Josh Rosen if your offensive line's not really good. Because he can't move. Which, again, like, 20 years ago, no one could move. Nowadays, like, you kind of need, I guess, I mean, Favre's, a lot of guys could move. Like, he's on the lower end of athletic ability for a pocket quarterback, right? He's like Rivers Eli type. Yeah. Which the other quarterbacks, you'd say, Darnold and Josh Allen definitely aren't like that. Lamar, clearly elite athlete. And even Baker can move around a little bit. Like Josh Allen or Josh Rosen cannot move. So does Kingsbury, I, I, I don't really know what Kingsbury is going to want or like. Because is his offense going to look like, or I don't think they'll quite be, they're going to have to intermix concepts like, it's not just going to look like the Red Raiders did last year, right? Yeah, I, I, you would think not. But does it? But the point goes back to, like, this is where I will stand about Breeze and Russell. Does it have to? Like, we are we sure he has to operate like that? Who? Kyler. Kyler. Yeah. No. Like, are we sure that that's what it takes to succeed? We don't know. Maybe he can just be a good quarterback in whatever your system is. We don't know for sure that he can't. I would say this though, he's never like at Oklahoma. He didn't get under center. Yeah. yeah. So no, you would right. say you would bet against it. it. I'm know? just saying I don't know. Do we know necessarily that Baker was good? Maybe Baker was just good because Baker was going to be good. Maybe. Well, that's I think what that I think that was the case. He was just an extremely accurate thrower of the football. And when you're an extremely accurate thrower of the football, even if you have a low end arm like CC Alex Smith, you can't function in the NFL. Yeah. That's where. I think we lose touch and we'll talk about the AAF is like, if you're just accurate, just you just have that quality. You're just really accurate. You're going to last a long time. Even if your arm is fucking shitty, if you can just complete balls, just because you throw 99, you can't throw a strike. I mean, I see guys all the time with big arms that can't complete balls. That's the one thing Kyler has is, and I think why a lot of teams like them or big dudes that don't throw with velocity. Yeah. Like Sean Mannion. I'll give just, you know, a guy like that doesn't, you know, he's 6'6", six, six, but his arm strength is shitty. Uh, all right. How many, did you watch a full uh, AAF game this week? I, I did not. Not I wasn't boycotting or anything like that. I just never – I did watch parts, um, but I didn't get to see a ton of it. Did you watch much of it? I watched bits and pieces of a couple of games that were on. The one was a Saturday night. They were on, like, primetime CBS. And yeah. then yesterday they were on the CBS Network and then I think NFL Network. Okay, I did so not I, see the NFL. I saw the CBS, some of the CBS Sports Network game yesterday. The NFL Network was New Heisel game. Okay, 
I saw some of the highlights from that. Um, Singletary got shut out. Shocker. His <laughs> his team's terrible. Aliotti, uh, how many points did they give up? New Heisel's team, the Hot Shots. Is Aliotti uh, the, the defensive DC. coordinator? Yeah. They, they were good. I mean, they they might be one of the better Who's teams the, in the league. Because I saw people tweeting like, "How do the Hot Shots have a better quarterback than the Cardinals?" Somebody tweeted that. Not people. well. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why. Think of, like, to me, they're just they got Phil Savage who's been a fucking GM in the National Football League and who just eats breeze and loves it and has taken a lot of pride in this. And then Neuheisel, who clearly for him to do this, I don't think he was just, he's kind of got a little chip on his shoulder because he was kind of, I know he likes doing the TV stuff, but at his core, he was a coach and he was a hotshot coach at one point in time. Like they feel like, I didn't know Aliotti was even their DC. Like they're, they're a pretty high level group. They're good. Do they, so do they well, play two quarterbacks, John Wolford and Trevor Knight? I'm reading that they're number one in the power rankings right now that I'm reading on CBSSports.com. Well, there was a quarterback named Perez that I'd never heard of. Yeah, who he was, was that guy? I don't know, but I was like, I, I feel like I follow college football pretty closely, and this guy is not bad. Because Hackenberg I, um, yesterday was in, in the early game, and he was just horrendous. And he, guess who Hackenberg's coach is? It's Singletary. Like, okay, this is not going to work. That's not a good match, no. Uh, Luis Perez had been uh, on the Rams, and I'm trying to find like what college he went to. I think he might have gone to like Birmingham. I think he might have gone to like UAB or a school like that. Texas A&M Commerce. Okay, I was a little off. Well, I mean, were you? I don't know. Um, I I, I think here's the biggest problem in the league, guy. Wow, is yeah. that a buddy texted me? who just said, you know, a lot of the NFL people, they don't hate it, but it's like, I got to watch this now for fringe late round guys. And I have to, if I'm in the pro side and if you're the GM side, you got to keep now, luckily, you know, all these guys, that's the thing. All these guys, you have scouting reports on coming out of college, like the Berkovichis, the Trent Richardson. Some of them have been in the league. Some of them played preseason. So it's not like these guys are randoms. But as he texts me, I, he's like, I watched some of the game, and the best player in the game by far was a guy that didn't sniff making our team out of training camp. We cut, like, they don't really have the first cuts, remember, anymore. So it's just that it goes from 90 to 53, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, he's just in that group. But he was, it's not like he was in the discussion to make the 53. It was just an easy throw in. He would have been one of the 90 to 80s, you know, two years ago. And that's when you're watching this, you're just going – do you know part of the reason their pool is smaller because with the rosters expanded that 80 to 90, that's an extra 10 players that are right now signed on all these rosters as futures after the NFL. that are not available for this league. So think how many guys on practice squads that didn't get a rep all season that haven't done anything since training camp would benefit from playing in this league that aren't in this league. So I, I'm seeing a guy make a catch and I'm go, who is this guy? And then CBS pops up the, you know, like the ticker, and it goes, his last action was 2014 in training camp with the Giants. You're like, God damn, this guy hasn't been anywhere in years. Right. And I don't blame that guy, and his agent's probably telling him, just, you got to do this, you got to do this to even get a shot. So I, I get why all these guys are playing in the league, but those guys are kind of out of sight, out of mind, just because they're not good enough. So what's how, the solution how- there? Like, because I'm with you, and, you know, a lot was made of – the quarterback play is pretty horrendous. Uh, the quarterback play, and from what I'd read, a lot of the offensive line play. Now, they outrated the NBA on ABC on Saturday night, but quality of play is going to bring people back. Now, I do think some of the rules have been innovative. What's it take for it to really be something that 
like I do think there is an appetite for football. Clearly, that's the case. Like people want it to work, right? That's why people tuned in. People want football to be on. The quality of play does have to reach a certain level. Um, but can it be like some level of a G League? Like, can you have player? Like, why can't we have players running around in that game? Some of them have a Niners helmet sticker on the back of their helmet. Others have a Raiders helmet sticker on the back of their helmet. If you're under contract with a team, you have that team sticker on your helmet too. Well, think about this guy. If you're the third string guy or practice squad quarterback, like imagine if the quarterbacks were Brett Hundley, Deshaun Kaiser, CJ Beathard. You know, you start going around the NFL guys that aren't going to play anymore that are in the NFL, but don't get any reps during the season. Uh, Kyle Luletta. I'm just thinking of random names that kind of pop into my head. Guys that are not going to play, they're on rosters and just could use the, you know, use the reps. And then basically you'd have to like really implement protecting the quarterbacks. But if you're those guys like that, that's where it would kind of get interesting. Right. Or the starting running back for whoever team is the seventh round, you know, pick for the Packers is on their practice squad. Cause then if you're a Packer fan, you're like, I don't watch this guy. He's, and he'd probably look good. So, uh, if you're an agent for a player on a that, practice that squad, to me is the, that to me is the next step where it's, you gets out of the, the hands of the, it have to be negotiated in the CBA. It all be kind of inclusive where like the NBA, the agent doesn't have any control. Cause once I have your rights, I can send you up or down kind of like baseball too. And in football, like maybe, you know, two of the teams, because there's never going to be 32 teams. There'll only be like 10. Like on the West Coast, like Seattle, the Rams, and the Niners are all connected to the San Diego fleet. Right. You combine your practice squads and you get a squad, right? Now you own the right, so it's not like the Rams can steal your guy or whatever. But then if you want to cut them, they've gotten live looks. It's it's just an easy one. I, I, to me, that's watching this league where I kind of felt like I, I think they're on to something. Because one of the big beasts right now is with no padded practices, and that was one of the things that the D. Smith really fought for in the last CBA in 2011. Like, you can only have 14 padded practices once the season starts. So basically one a week. And then I, I think I heard on the radio, or maybe Belichick said this during the Super Bowl press conference, that once you start the playoffs, you're allowed one more a week, right? The 14 number ends, but you're allowed to do one padded practice a week. And one of the one things the Patriot players always says, Bill's great about like kind of re-implementing physicality and locking in where some teams go the opposite, like McVay's not into that. So the problem is a lot of your practice squad guys, they're just kind of blocking dummies. They don't really do anything because they're not playing. And once the season starts, you don't have time to kind of really develop them because you're so focused on your opponent where this off season you could just be like, God, you're getting the guy live game reps. We used to do that when I was at Fresno State because Belichick used to do this with the rookie guys. Pat Hill would take freshmen that did not play, and they would scrimmage. You know, we'd play a game on Saturday night, and Sunday practice was basically just cardio for the guys who just played in the game to get that lactic acid moving. And then after they would run, the freshmen, you know, like the 30 of them slash redshirt guys, slash guys on the team that dress but don't play would scrimmage and there would be a full-on 50 play practice so you'd get live game reps and i think a lot of colleges do shit like that we're in the nfl you don't the, the one thing is you would say like you reach a point where teams say well if i'm sharing all these guys don't i want each guy like you kind of want your guy running your own stuff which you can't really do if you're sharing players i mean the, the g league found that out and now it's kind of a one-to-one -one. but i think the benefit to the players would be 
if you're on somebody's practice squad, what you really want is to be on somebody's active roster. So I think the risk, you know, there is a risk of injury. But like you said, if you're under an NFL contract while you're playing in that league, if there's some way to have a partnership there, and now yeah, you have an incentive. Yeah, it gets a little tricky with the schemes for sure. But, I mean, look, players change teams all the time, so. You could do, you could do generic, you know, just basic schemes. Yeah. They're not looking for, you know, are they running the – like, because the Orlando team ran a uh, the Philly special. Philly, Philly. And the announcer was like, the Orlando special. He's like, yeah, I know. I loved it. Uh, but, yeah, I I think that kind of feels like where it's headed. Because one thing's clear, right? The teams want the development for the players that they don't get right now. Just because it's impossible. It doesn't, there's no time. It doesn't exist. And I do think the players, like, there will probably be a couple players, I would imagine, from this 10-game stretch. If you're like, oh, this dude made the team and he was on the whatever team. But if they did that, there would be a lot more stories where guys like become a 10-year pro. He's like, God, I really needed that to get exposure. They believed in me because I could never prove them at practice. You know, the practice squad guy. Because think how much more intently the teams would watch if it was their practice squad guy. Yeah. Your position, you'd be locked into it. It would be a big deal. And I also think the fans would care more because you're like, damn, the Kyle Lulette is the starting quarterback, and, you know, the Eagles' six-round pick is the starting running. Like, I, I just think that maybe you do it by division. That would be the easy way. And yet you get Cowboy, Eagles, Niners, whatever, sticker. That Now, this is where I would allow the Raiders to put their stickers on somebody else's helmet. I'd be okay yeah. with that. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? You, yes. The, the league would be have much more interest. Yeah. I think big picture. And I, and I kind of feels like that's – like, this is not some war between – this AAF and the NFL, it feels like they're connected. No. Yeah, they're not. It's not, they're not a competitor. Clearly, I mean, there's no one. Is there an NFL game on Saturday? I don't understand why people are calling them competitors. No, there's not an NFL game on Saturday. No, so they're not they're competitors. Not competitors. Not uh, at all. Uh, what about the? So here's the list. I saw the story. Manish Mehta said on PF on Pro Football Talk. He, I think he talked to uh, Florio. And he said that uh, the Jets are w- would not do hard knocks if asked because you sent me the story last week. They are already they're already drama with the Jets coaching staff. I'd forgotten about the whole Joe Vitt testifying against uh, what's his name Greg uh, uh, Williams. Williams. I forgot about the whole dynamic, and now it's like he's Gase's father-in-law and then Greg wants him to hire Gase's kid and Gase didn't want to do it, but they did it. So weird. But but they didn't give him a position. They just made him like an offensive assistant. Greg Williams or Greg Williams once called him the best young coach in the league. Shocker. (laughs) I mean, just so bizarre. So the list of teams that cannot say no to hard knocks is really short. It's Washington, Detroit, the New York Giants, and then the Niners and the Raiders. Um, is there? It, can we rank these? Not well. I guess we can rank them how what we want to see. I'd love to see the Raiders. Uh, Washington's got to be pretty low on the list of desire. I'd say they're not in the mix. Detroit is n- not. I would in say the, the lowest possible team in the league. So we go Detroit. Most interest, least interesting, the most interesting. You'd put Detroit five, Washington four. Yes. Okay, so where do you put the New York Giants? I mean, they they are interesting. They, I, they would be right near the top. I do think their owners has enough pull where they get out of it. So I don't think the league would mind that though, right? Saquon, Odell, yeah, Eli. The the Raiders. It's hard to start setting up, you know, travel schedules for the for the crew. It's going to be shooting all this stuff. 
I do think they, they kind of get an easy pass on this one. Like we make them do everything else. And then yeah. it feels like the Niners might want, like, I don't think Kyle would want to do it, but I think ultimately John would have a good time with it. Jed would probably like it. Jimmy's agent, Don Yee, wouldn't mind Jimmy. I mean, I see Jimmy jerseys everywhere. You might as well get Jimmy's brand out there a little more. Could work for I, them, John. They, I I think it'd be a pretty big, easy one for the Niners. Sneaky, not bad press, but the last two seasons have been a disaster in terms of wins. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmy thing was a bright moment, but it was short-lived because his ACL snapped. So this is an easy one to kind of build back some buzz. They're going to have, you know thinking that they don't trade out of the number two overall pick they're going to have a star rookie right either a bosa josh allen some just some star power there a name that i'm sure in the next three months whoever they end up drafting we're just going to hear a lot about in the vernacular of football so i think it's kind of an easy one no drama very likable people you know very articulate in the sense that you just put in front of a camera they'd entertain there's not probably the star power of like a Bill O'Brien or Rex where they're kind of swearing all the time. That's the Niner practices aren't really like that. And there is an element that's pretty entertaining for people, right? That's an element of hard knocks to see coaches that are nuts. They don't really have any nutty coaches, right? Like their practices aren't really fireworks. I'd say having been to, they, they really loud never mu- have been loud, loud music. Yeah. But don't you think most football practices have that now? Live DJ though. They don't have a live DJ. Niners have a live DJ. I think the Niner Niner one's pretty easy. I also think it, now thinking about it would have the opportunity and kind of play out to maybe not be as entertaining, not knowing if they really have the person. You could well, but but is Staley Knox, Yeah, but, well, first of all, that would be good. That's a good point. Staley would be one of the stars. Is that Hard Knocks really isn't that anymore, right? You do need a, you do need a coach to kind of be like Bill O'Brien, Rex. They've they've carried some seasons. Last year, the Hugh debacle. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's true. But which one of these guys is that? Just Gruden. Yeah, Gruden would be good. I mean, I, I'd say Gruden would be a can't miss. Maybe they do it. And maybe they maybe trying they to sell will. tickets in Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that crazy. You probably could talk them into it. Well, they don't they, have a choice. They can't say no. They can't say no. So the Raiders can make one of these teams do it. These five teams. The NFL Breaks can make Washington, the, Detroit. Yeah. Oh, right. Didn't make the playoffs. Don't have a new coach. Haven't been on in the last whatever the time is, 10 years. If I was a television exec, you'd probably say your number one pick would be John Gruden, the TV yeah, star. Definitely. Coming off a shitty season with a lot of storylines. But again, if the Niners... How about this? Mayock, kind of a TV oh, guy. Oh, yeah, of course. Dude, this is a no-brainer. Kind of feels like the Raiders. But to your point, do they? would they... Is it? I don't think Kyle would want to do it, but I could see the Niners just thinking, hey, this is good for us. Like, we want this. The Niners kind of did one, remember. I think a lot of teams do these sorts of things now. They, they do. shoot your own stuff. But but you, like, load it to YouTube or Facebook. But, you John, know, John if you had, if you, you're right. Mayock and Gruden, these are the, the two faces of NFL broadcasting. Because I, I guess this is what I'm saying. I, I don't. Kyle's not that entertaining. Yeah, no, you I know. hear you. I, he doesn't want to be. And yeah, he wouldn't even try. And if anything, he'd despise it. Where I think these other guys would fucking eat it up. And it's just natural for them. But but I also think, and we saw this during the Senior Bowl, Kyle's not doing anything for the cameras. But I don't think his practices would be the worst thing. No, you're right. He he would. He'd let it fly. Because he just might say he just might say stuff. Like was he saying fuck in front of those players for the cameras, or just because that's just how he talks? Because he was just I'm here, so I might as well. Yeah, cuss. he's just coaching like he's coaching. 
Exactly. I mean, Gruden swears. I mean, they all swear. I mean, football coaches. Yeah. Uh, but I just I, wonder if you're the NFL, do you really want to highlight whatever the weirdness of the Raiders situation is? You might not want to. I don't know how much you care about that, but that uh, might be. Do they care, though? No, they might not. I mean, really what they care about is getting people to Vegas. That's what they care about. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, the two most interesting teams of this group, because I, I just can't imagine the Giants ever signing off and they, they have the juice to get out of it. The Redskins and Lions are just puke. To me, the Raiders and Niners, I, I, you probably can't lose either one. The Raiders probably a little more entertaining just because yeah. their two, two guys are stars, like mm-hmm. legitimate TV stars. Mm-hmm. But the Niners are the Niners, and the people would watch. Yeah. I'm convinced now that it's going to be a Bay Area team. I am too. Just talked myself into it. Yeah, you talked me into it. We talked you into it, everybody. Uh, Zion Williamson, what, what do you like the photo of him in the paint as the guy's catching the ball or the slow motion video of him actually making the block more? Uh, slow motion one's pretty crazy just because he felt like he was 20 feet in the air and his wingspan, like that's just an incredible block. I, when you watch NBA games, I don't think people realize like, the casual guys, like, I, I, I could score 10 because I could hit shots. No, because if you're six feet tall, you would get your shot blocked. Like, do you understand the arc when P.J. Tucker or Draymond or Zion-type guys are – do you understand how fucking high they are in the air? Like, it's probably underrated how easily Steph, who's a shorter guy for NBA standards, never – I've seen – how many times do you think he's seen him get a shot blocked in his life? Five, max? Like, it's kind of crazy that his shot doesn't get blocked more often. Yeah, how Steve high the Nash release shot, point is. Yeah, you know? Yeah, or how uh, quick you have to be. I, I'm, I, think one of the, I think the single most underrated thing about basketball is how little space there actually is on the floor. College, too. On TV, it tricks you because the camera's high and it looks like there's space. But there's really not any space. A, because the players are just huge. And B, because they cover so much freaking ground, to your point, on Zion. Just insane. Like, he look, you know when you see someone do a jump? All, like a ski jump or a BMX like ramp bike jump and they lose control and their like arms are flailing. That's he looked like he had so much momentum that he had just like come down one end of the half pipe and then gone up the other end and his arm was just flailing. He was that high in the air like he was out of control. But it it was just him jumping. That's what that's his half pipe is him running and jumping. Is a high school basketball gym the same size as an NBA basketball gym? The metrics a court? No, a court. The court in high school basketball is smaller. And I think in the NBA, it's also smaller by a college. I mean, it's a hair smaller. Oh, it is I in think like a three point line, a tiny well, little the three point line is smaller. I don't know that the, let me think here. A college court is 47, which is 90. Uh, I got to check that, but I know high school is definitely smaller. Okay. But, but again, like even in college to the pros, the three point line is a little shorter but you're not talking like you get an extra eight feet in the pros, right? You're talking a step max. And I, I don't even I, – I think there's a chance it's the same dimensions on the out-of-bounds. Okay, so college and NBA are 94 by 50. So High school's 10 feet shorter. High school's okay. 84 by 50. So the, the room there is not that, you know, it's like he's going to be used to it. I was watching him – when did they play Virginia? Was that Saturday afternoon? You can look at him. I, I could see, and this is always the, the the talk in the scouting world, like, are you too negative? Because you can be negative on him. 
he does turn the ball over. He doesn't have a great shot. He's not some elite dribbler. And then you just look at it like, what if you just look at it the Bill Walsh style? What can he do? He is an incredible fucking athlete that plays his ass off that is just going to get 18 and 10 right away just from effort and athleticism. And then if he's a hard worker, he's going to develop into that. Like, because to me, PTI had a headline the other day, is he the best prospect since Michael Jordan? I was like, God, they've kind of jumped the shark here. Michael Jordan wasn't even the best quote-unquote prospect in his own draft. He didn't go number one. Like, there are, to me, two guys in the last 30 years, like Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron James are vastly superior prospects to Zion, and Zion's an elite prospect. Those guys are like, Probably all-time prospects, right? And I'd say Kevin Durant was a better prospect. But you would say to me, you got to go one to be an all-time. Like it's kind of after the fact. He didn't go one because but I don't think it's guaranteed that Zion's going to go one. Uh, see, to me, there's just too much like media pressure now. And but that's, that's not being a prospect. So crushed. Yeah, I, I'm with you because I'm watching that game going. I mean, are we sure that R.J. Barrett's not like a 10-time All-Star and going to lead the league in scoring? Well, that's the guy that, like, most mock drafts would have him going one. I think a lot of teams are, would just be terrified. That's of no, I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying that's different than, than what you are as a prospect. That's what I'm saying. If you sat down with a lot of G, like Pat Riley, he might just say, yeah, the better pure prospect is R.J. Barrett. The guy might go number one. Okay, I see, I see what you're saying. I just don't see how he doesn't. Now, like if the Knicks, who have the worst record in the NBA right now, end up with the first pick. But I just think if you're Cleveland, like he does, even if R.J. Barrett's better in like five or six years, to sell immediately next year, there's something to be said about that. Is there not? Yes. He's also, like, let's say he's kind of like. Does the NBA want him in Cleveland? Or do they not care? Here's one problem with him just as his elite prospect. And again, I hate being negative because he is like, it's so easy to talk about things that I can't do when he's such a great player. Cause he already does have things that will immediately translate. But if you were going to nitpick him, you go, well, he is only six, seven. So who's he really checking? Right. He's not, he's not Shaq was seven, one. So he's basically Shaq minus six inches. Right. So, so Draymond. Yeah, but he's a much better athlete than Draymond, but Draymond was just a much better... But Draymond was also way older when he came in. Yeah. There's just so much room for growth, but also with room for growth, some guys just don't grow, right? It's just, for whatever reason, your shot never materializes. He's not... I, I just watch him and go, he is incredible to watch, and this Duke team is very fun. But I could see where the hype has kind of exceeded reality a little bit, and it feels like that. Because that, that block alone, like, that is an all-time college play, right? Just that you can make a highlight play a tape of this guy. First of all, the effort it just takes to make that play on defense. That's what I'm saying. He does play hard. So that, yeah. that translates. But it looked like an Olympic long jump. You know the other underrated part of it, John, I thought, was how many blocks – most blocks on the perimeter are guys with their arm up and they get a piece of the ball as it's going by. Yeah. He blocked the ball like he was in the paint where you go up and you swat it. So he had to go run full speed, then jump, flying through the air on the perimeter, and then he doesn't just have his hand up. He is swatting at the ball. Like the hand-eye that – it's one thing just to put your arm up and you're going to catch the ball because your arm is at the highest point. But he's swatting at the ball as he goes at him and knocks it out. That was incredible. Like just the hand-eye on that part of the play was crazy. Nobody blocks a shot like that out there. 
No, I'll give you another one. Is Zion a better prospect than Ben Simmons was three years ago? 6'10 point guard. That's a pretty good prospect. Now, couldn't shoot. Still can't. Still can't. And still a pretty mother, damn good prospect. Th- there was a play last night against the Lakers or yesterday where he gets the ball on a back cut, but there, it's kind of on the break, and he's running the wing. And Jimmy Butler, whoever, gets him kind of like between the guy, and he's probably at the three-point line when he catches the ball but there's no one in the paint, so he's got a clear look for a dunk. He doesn't dribble. And from the paint, or from the three-point line to the basket, he takes two steps, easily gets there. He goes double hand, it misses the dunk because he tries to dunk so hard. Like, it hit the back, you know, it was just one of those freak plays. He'd, pr- he'd make the dunk 99.9% of the time. But it was just, you're watching going, yeah, he can't shoot right now, but he is fucking incredible. <laughs> When they played the Warriors guy, beside Kevin Durant, he was taller than every player on the court. That's crazy. Because how, how tall is Boogie? 6'10"? Yeah. He's not 7 feet, is he? No. It? But, I mean, what are we talking 6'10", 7 feet. But, yeah. So, I and Simmons had the all-time article about this back in the day when he used to write for ESPN, like the 90-10 guy. I think too often, and I think we do this in football, but we do it in basketball definitely more. Like, we, we spend so much time on the 10% the guy can't do, like, I'll fucking take Russell Westbrook. He's no players growing on me more than him. Like he's flawed, but his 90 is pretty awesome. Like Ben Simmons, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, if he can't shoot in five years, then we got a problem. But if he can't shoot at 20, whatever, he's 6'10. Also, who's on his team? Is, is he on a good team? Maybe you can get away with him. You know, maybe you can get away with it to a degree. Well, that's the one thing. Like if Zion's on the Knicks and he's got Kyrie and Kevin, he's probably going to look a lot better than if he's on the Cleveland Cavaliers with nobody. Right, and he's just like, oh, Zion can't shoot. <laughs> well, it's gonna it's gonna be one thing when he's running the break with Kevin throwing no look lobs. You're like, oh my god! Yeah, and he averages twelve and eight. So <laughs> I know, but it just looks incredible. Because because he has. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you another one. I've been watching this guy. I actually bought the package where I only can watch Kings games on my computer. <laughs> Marvin Bagley is a much more skilled offensive player than Zion Williams. Yeah. Marvin Bagley is fucking like a poor man's Chris Weber. Like his offensive game is good. stupid. This draft is pretty good. The draft that just happened? Yeah. Really fucking good. I, th- I think the last couple drafts have just been pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Just with the Tatums, the Foxes, the Bagleys, the Lucas, the Donovan Mitchells, like all-stars, five or six of them. Like that's a lot. Five or six all-stars in like a two-year period is a lot to come in the league, right? Guys with that type of upside. Yeah. Like, I, I'm watching Bagley going, this guy's going to be an all-star because he's going to average 25 and 10 by, like, year three. All right. I just saw, um, I guess someone asked Billy Bean if he'd want to do over on Kyler Murray. Did you see that one? I, I've seen him say it before. He was at him, and he said no. Well, he said, well, but he, his answer on this one was, uh, well, I mean, if we're going to do do-overs, my first do-over would be to buy Apple stock in the 80s. Can I get that one? <laughs> Yeah, it was a freak deal. I mean, I, I think you and I were talking about it at the beginning. It was clear by probably the end of September they had a problem on their hands, right? But it was not clear when they drafted him mm-hmm. that they had a problem on their hands. But it was clear about. But in retrospect, so we, it was it we it should have been recognized even as more. We realized it was a risk, but even because in the end you go, well, I mean, look, what, how good can he possibly be? But he is playing quarterback at Oklahoma. Like that's not a low profile. People turn pro playing quarterback at Oklahoma. 
Well, I, I had watched the YouTube, their spring game highlights uh, for an article I did last year for The Athletic in like the summer. And I was like, it's this guy, Just you just start doing the math, right? Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, they're skilled guys. Like, let's keep an eye on this guy to win the fucking Heisman. Now, again, that's a big projection, but you're right. I mean, it's he wasn't playing in Nevada, right, or Fresno State. That, that, do you think that ended up screwing him, or if he still did what he did at a non-Power 5, he'd still be where he's at? If he was that guy at a non-Power 5, I think he'd be playing baseball. Like if he had done this at UCF? Yeah. Or Houston or something? Uh, yeah, that's my first reaction. That's my first gut reaction. But I'm not positive, but that's what I think. What about you? I do think when you're winning or in the Heisman, like a legit in the Heisman mix, not just like your program's throwing your name out there. Like it's clear you're going to be at the Heisman ceremony. That just takes your entire brand to another level, right? As a quarterback. And do you think he'd been in the Heisman conversation if he was at UCF? UCF might be a bad example because they were kind of in the vernacular too. I think a better example would be like Fresno State or Boise State. Or Houston. I like the Houston one. The Houston one's not bad, but look at Ed Oliver. He's going to go in the top 10. He yeah, but Houston, a qu- so. Like, so do you think he'd be playing? What do you think? Do you think he'd be playing baseball right now if he'd been the quarterback at Houston? Well, I think part of it's does he win the Heisman at Houston? Probably not, right? I don't because yeah, no. Tua would you, you'd just be like, well, look who Tua's playing, look who this guy's playing. So that to me would take some of the shine off. I, I would say then I, I wouldn't be adamant like it's baseball for sure, but probably fifty fifty. Where it became like ninety eight two, you know, it was like uh, this is going to be pretty easy decision for him. But I, I think Billy's right. At the time they did it. It was bold. They might have, quote-unquote, overdrafted him. Like, he probably should have gone in the 20s, not the top 10. But it was also, I would imagine most people weren't talking. Like, how many scouts going through Oklahoma for different teams were like, we got to worry about this guy going to the pro football. Because you just look at him. Even if you're a number guy or not a number guy, you go, how many quarterbacks? And all these baseball guys are sports guys. Five nine. He's not going to play quarterback. And we'll just he's going to be a starting. We're going to pay him big money. They don't want to make him switch positions, so we, we got a great shot at him. Do you think he ever plays – do we ever see Kyler Murray play baseball? Uh, I'd say yes just because it feels like a 50-50 chance that football doesn't work. I think a lot of people feel like it's going to work a lot more seamlessly than I do. And I, I'm not thinking that it's not going to work, but I by no means think it's just some lock. Because he would be a big time outlier, right? Would he would he change the landscape of the sport and give all these elite athletes that probably change positions at different schools, like give them a chance? Or is he just how many of those guys are seventy percent passers? Yeah, that's probably the problem. I I do think we'll see him play baseball one day. Think how many guys at like top programs, like an LSU, an SC, Oregon, you know, Ohio State, like top three or four athlete on the roster and that played quarterback in high school that immediately get transitioned to wide receiver or defensive back when they get to their high school or yeah. the college program. Right. That it's not even a question. It's like you're going to corner. And if that doesn't work, we'll move you back to wide receiver, but you're never sniffing it. Now, like you said, they're not 70% passers. But what if they were in high school? And you're like, God, I mean, it just kind of opens that because a lot of these guys are playing in that type of offense in high school, right? If mm-hmm. you're dra- If you're getting them from – 
LA, Texas, or Florida. They are none of them are running like two tight ends. <laughs> They're all in, in the shotgun and running spread offenses. Yeah. So and, and now for forever they just kind of accepted it. Right? You're just recruiting you as an athlete, not as a quarterback. And this is what you're gonna do, but you're gonna play at Alabama. You know, or you're going to play at whatever program, Ohio State. You're going to be our starting wide receiver, and you're going to go. You're going to be a second-round pick one day. But now it's like, fuck it, I want to play quarterback. You're just more famous that way. It's more fun. Yeah. That's why everyone wants to play. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I can tell you to rebound and box out, or I can have you shoot. Like, do you, you want to be the lead singer? Like, nah, keyboard. Yeah, they all want to do it. I mean, keyboard's cool, but... Now, th- there it would immediately be cut F because a lot of those guys aren't that accurate in high school. But the, the percentage of guys, and even if it's smaller, like let's say 20% and under, that are that recruited as the athlete that were also accurate in high school are going to be like, why can't I get a shot? But I would say like even relative to the great high school athletes, he's on another level, right? We're talking about a guy that was drafted. Potentially he's a first-round pick in football and basketball, and that hasn't happened. I mean, think football how, and baseball. Think how many of the quarterbacks – the chip had before he got Marcus Mariota that were like great athletes, but they couldn't throw that. That I think is the big problem. Like you said, the most, the fundamental problem for most Kyler Murray clones is they're not accurate passers. Cause we see them all over college football, right? You're like, God, this guy's an incredible athlete. And then you watch him throw. You're like, Jesus Christ, that's not close. <laughs> that, that's, that's probably the hardest thing to do. Right? Yeah. Like how many people just in college baseball throw hard, but can't throw a strike to save their life. Yes. Plenty. A lot it's of like, them. He does the most important thing, and that's just complete passes accurately. Now, I, I would imagine if you do a deep dive into him, because I watch him sometimes, he does have some bad, you know, fundamental stuff where he's not, he gets a little flat-footed and balls flying. I'm like, there, there's a lot to work with. Well, he's I do like Andrew Luck prospect thrower. When this whole thing started, Palazzolo did a breakdown of him versus Baker. Remember, they PFF loved Baker. And his thing was, hey, we like Kyler, but not like it's not like we thought Baker. Like Baker, we loved, based on some of those things you're talking about, like accuracy. Well, because Baker's whole thing was throwing darts inside the pocket. Like he's not Baker's a a lower level athlete for NFL standards. Like Baker does not run around. He might a little bit behind the pocket, but he's not. Like you're dra- part of the reason you're drafting Kyler right is to run. Well, that, and that's where the size comes in. Like, I, to me, to draft him, I got to feel good that I can make him just my quarterback. Because who, I mean, how long do you last? I, it's just, I, I think he's going to be as polarizing a topic in a good way. Like, I think we get tired sometimes of the off the field and going back and forth. Like, this is a football topic, like on the field. People are going to argue whether they like him or don't. And you're going to see a lot of different opinions. And I don't think either one's going to be wrong, necessarily. I wouldn't want the pressure of having to draft him. No. Of passing on him? Uh, of just taking him. Yeah, well, yeah, either one. But, I mean, feels like passing on him will get more flack early than taking I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see where that goes. Like, is drafting him riskier than passing on him? I don't know yet. I, I, I do think this, though. Like, the Niners draft... Pat Mahomes, this guy's never going to be as good as Pat Mahomes. Like, I, I would bet $1,000 right now if Kyler Murray does not win an NFL MVP. Yeah. The Niners passed on Patrick Mahomes is really not that weird. Right. You know, so, like, think about that. The Niners passed on Patrick Mahomes, and it's really not that weird. It's true. 
And there's no chance Kyler is going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. Maybe because Patrick Doesn't Mahomes. It, well, and, but the whole thing, just more people are talking about him than they're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Is that kind of crazy that a lot of teams don't really give that much shit for Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they, maybe it will with time. I feel like a lot of people, you just give Andy so much credit. Well, think about this guy. Now, I think he made up for it with signing Nagy and and uh, trading for Khalil Mack. The Bears took Trubisky over Mahomes. Imagine just doing that. I know. You could have just had Mahomes. Without trading up a spot. If they could do it over again, would Mahomes be a Bear? <laughs> God, could you imagine that team? If they could do it over again, Mahomes would just be on the brand. He would just go number one overall. It'd just be that simple. He'd just be the number one overall pick. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Who's the MVP, John? Yeah, he's the unanimous MVP. I don't even think it was close. All right. On that note. Peace. Ease.com. Promo Promo code ham. ham. (laughs) Berries.com. Promo code ham. Click on the microphone. Go order your berries now. I'm going to do it. Peace. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.